Welcome to Voices in Action, a CREATE Foundation podcast. CREATE is a national organisation with over 20,000 members aged from birth to 25 who are or were in care, that is foster, kinship or residential care. We are the voice for children and young people in care across Australia. In every episode of this podcast, we hear directly from young people with a care experience. Let's get started. In this episode of Voices in Action, Create chats to the inspirational Isaiah Dorr, CEO and founder of ID Know Yourself. Isaiah talks about growing up in care, connecting to his mob, and starting his own organisation. I'll uh, start with the acknowledgement to country. So I want to pay my respects to the traditional owners of the lands and waters of which we all gather upon today, and I do so under responsibility as a bachelor and Garawa saltwater Murray man, and my skin name as a Garawa man is Yakamari. So uh, I feel blessed to have this opportunity, and um, I'm really looking forward to yarning with you today. You too. First, I'd like to ask how you are. I'm good, I'm good. And yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. My first question is, what can you share with us about your care experience? I grew up in out-of-home care. I grew up for around 18 years of my life in foster care. So I lived with a lot of non-Indigenous carers. When I was a kid, you know, I was separated from my um, siblings. uh, And it was only until I was five, six years old that I met my younger sister. And then we grew up in, in care together until I was 18. And when I was in care, you know, I had a pretty, pretty challenging experience. I grew up in many different communities, many different homes. I um, had really, really disrespectful, really abusive carers when I was in care. You know, it was, it was terribly hard. Like I would, I would run away from my placements all the time. Late at night, I'd pack my bags and I'd run towards Sydney because that's the only place I knew I had family, you know. Eventually grew you know, into a teenager and I realised that no one was going to come and save me. You know, no one was going to come and help me. You know, I, I knew that it was on myself, that I had to get myself through the system. And so I felt lonely and helpless. Uh, what really gave me the strength was with my younger sister. And we used to say to each other, because that's the only family we ever had, you know, and the only family I knew of, and so we used to say to each other, it's you or me against the world. So when the times got tough, we'd, we'd you know, tap each other on the shoulder and go, it's you or me against the world. And so we'd push each other and support each other through our time in care. I used to be really good at sport, so that was my outlet. You know, I used to play a lot of sport. I used to feel really welcomed and um, people wanted me on their team, you know, because I was pretty fast and athletic. Uh, that gave me a sense of hope when I was in, in care. And then it was only until I was 18, uh, 17, I was completing my high school certificate and my, um, my care at the time, it said, pick up your bags from foster care. You're no longer welcome here. So, you know, for four years, I stayed with this carer. And then just like that, she sent me a text and I was out of there and I had to basically fend for myself again. So I was homeless. You know, I had to jump through homes and stay at friends' houses. And I did that for a couple of years and eventually, you know, I connected with my family and I found my feet. I was connected back up to my cultural identity. So my, my time in care was, you know, it was really, really challenging, really hard. I'm really sorry to hear that you went through that, but it's really good that you got back on top of it. Thank you. Thank you. Why did you start ID Know Yourself and what has it been like setting up your own organisation? Yeah, so going through all those experiences in care, I, 
I wanted to make a difference. You know, I, I always believe that when you, um, when something negatively happens in your life, it's for a reason, right? I believe everything happens for a reason and going through all the things that I went through after care, I met some other young people who were Aboriginal and in out of home care. And I thought, and I heard their stories and they were quite similar to mine. And I was thinking, well, hang on, where's, where's these kids support? You know, I thought I was, I didn't know of many other kids in care when I was in care. And when I got out, I realized that there's thousands of kids in care who are desperately needing support. And so with my lived experience, I wanted to use my negative experiences for a positive one, you know, and make a positive impact in the communities. I had the idea around three years ago and I come up with the name ID Know Yourself and ID represents identity, but it's also the initials of my name, Isaiah Dorr, right? Because I wanted to use, yeah, use my negative experiences for a positive. And so I and know yourself means know what, what you can achieve, what you're capable of and what exists outside of out-of-home care because I never knew or had the opportunities. And we now provide that and enable kids with the opportunities and choices that they need in lives. And so we've got around uh, 20 young people that we support from the ages of five years old to 19 years old, both females and males, all Aboriginal. Um, a few of our, our older young people have a juvenile justice background. So we support Aboriginal kids in out-of-home care and, and those who have got a, a juvenile justice background. And um, we're making an incredible impact in the space. And a lot of our team have had an out-of-home care background too. So, you know, they have that empathy you know, they have that understanding. And, you know, when people say, I understand where you're coming from, it's because they haven't read it in a book. It's because they've had lived experience, you know, and that's invaluable, as you'd, as you'd know. Yeah, that's, a, that's incredible. Really inspirational. Thank you for thank sharing you. that. Thank no you. No worries. No, thank you. I, um, and, you know, the funny thing about when I was starting up, I didn't know yourself, people said to me, you can't do that. And these are people I thought would have supported me, said, you can't do that, Isaiah. They're not going to let you be a CEO. Come on, mate. Give me a break. You're only 23 years old, right? And then, um, you know, I'm 26 now and, you know, lead an organization, uh, organization with around um, 12 supporting team members. And we've got around 20 young people connecting with, you know, corporates such as Macquarie Bank, Woolworths, core Hotels, um, starting engagements with Uber, EY, like all these, you know, big brands and companies uh, who are walking alongside us on this journey. And, you know, I didn't get a business degree. I didn't get, um, uh, uh, I didn't even get an ATAR at high school, right? Um, but now I started this non-for-profit and I, I realised that over time, it's, it's not what you know in life, it's what you do that actually matters. Whereabouts in Australia is this space? Like, are you yeah. branching out? Yeah, so we're, uh, we're based in Redfern at the moment in Sydney, New South Wales. And our, our purpose for ID Know Yourself is to reach the 22,000, around 22,000 Aboriginal children in out-of-home care in Australia. So we're starting here and we eventually want to branch out to Western Sydney, to the country towns, and then be all across New South Wales. And then we want to reach and impact the rest of Australia, all states and territories. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Can't wait to see that happen. The next question is, what does the NAIDOC 2020 theme mean to you personally? I think 
relative to all the things that are going on in the world, you know, we've had a lot of things that have happened in our country. Um, in particular, you know, started with the bushfires and then it was, you know, um, COVID-19, coronavirus. Then it, now it's um, the Black Lives Matter movement. And, you know, all these things that have happened, it's, um, it's caused uh, a lot of pain to our, um, our country and, and to our people. And I think, you know, moving forward, um, we need to desperately be in this together and we need to, to um, start truth-telling. You know, hearing stories like, like mine of uh, uh, Aboriginal people who have um, uh, their own personal experiences, have them highlighted and people listen, you know, and have that empathy upon our people and, and walk with our people. That's the, the biggest thing, I think, um, in NAIDOC and everything that's going on is how do we get the other 97% of our population, the non-Indigenous people, to walk alongside of us and, um, and advocate and stand with us? Because, you know, there's a lot of damage that's happened to our people that was cast upon non-Indigenous people, you know? Um, and that's even... You know, because I'm a I'm an Aboriginal man. I'm I'm a, um, a bachelor and Gadawa man through my mum's side and my dad's side. He's um, non-Indigenous, right? And so from taking um, my my non-Indigenous side, you know, all the things that happened from that side to my Aboriginal side, the the um, the cycle that is continuing as why there's so many Aboriginal kids in care. There's that vicious intergenerational cycle of removal, forced removal. And, and, um, you know, even my great grandfather and my great grandmother from my mum's side were both taken to part of the stolen generation. And, you know, there was like four generations of removal. Right. Um, and that's why me and my siblings went through care because there was that intergenerational thing, you know what I'm talking about. And, um, and I think a lot of people don't, understand those complexities they might think oh there's a lot of Aboriginal kids in care um but don't know why and yeah. I think it's around telling these stories and people listening and um and as I said before it's not what you know it's what you do how are people gonna with that information what are they going to do about it how do they, how are they going to walk with our communities to to break this vicious cycle so that's what yeah. I I think with this theme and everything going on it's about um looking at the um underlying issues and I think out-of-home care for Aboriginal kids is a massive one. Yeah, definitely. What would you like to see happen within the next five years within the care system for Indigenous and Torres Strait Islander children and young people in the care sector? That's a great question. Firstly, the policy um, area would be to, to extend the support to at least 21 years old. I know, you know, many times, in, again, that government say to... Um, that they support kids until they're 25. But, you know, being in care, and I know many other kids that we work with in care, they may say that, but, you know, it's, it's different when your caseworker tells you that they can't support you when you're 18 and that you've got a, a leaving after care support worker, right? That doesn't work. That You know, that consistency is not there. It breaks down. That kid just feels lonely after being the entire time in care. Most of them aren't connected to their family. So you know, where's the kids left? We're left homeless. They're left unsupported. They still have their, their, the traumas and the negative things they've gone in life. So that they can't fully empower and heal um, along their journey. So I, I reckon the extension of support needs to be there. And also with uh, young people who are in care, I would love to see 
the care is monitored and to go through an actual um, critical analysis where they, yep. where they screen um, the carers appropriately and not just for the ones who put their hand up and basically, you know, get that kid immediately into that placement. Rather, you know, have their, their, their carers go through training, consistent training, mandatory training, and also un, um, unscheduled checkups on those kids. You know, at the end of the day, those kids are the clients, not the carer. So the kids yeah. need to be the priority and they need to have their voice heard when there's concerns and not said that they are untruthful, not said that they are um, disobedient, that they're horrible kids. It's not the case. And that's the, the narrative that the system plays all the time. It's about taking our kids seriously and putting their voice at the forefront. Yeah, it's definitely something that needs to change and I'm, I'm pushing for it as well um, yeah. in my position to get most of these carers um, through some trauma-aware therapeutic support before they become a, a carer so they understand the complexities they need to understand and be empowered to have the choices and have the knowledge to help the young person on their journey. Definitely. it's a good point. And uh, last thing is for our Aboriginal kids to be connected to culture. You know, we need a lot more of our kids connected to culture but connected to their family. We need them supported and there needs to be more holistic external supports from family communities so or dcj department of communities and justice in new south wales or or child protection as is in australia where we can have a um extended support services wrap around support services from the community and that um there's a larger bucket of funding for those kids um for mentoring purposes because that's quite hard there's there's not many um there's not many services who are funded appropriately so they can support the kids you know there needs, needs to be more mentoring organizations such as id in the space supporting our our kids and also well, that's it that's as well for non-indigenous uh, young people and that's the plan for id is to support all our aboriginal young people first and um and then to eventually expand out and have non-indigenous young people in our program too because they need the support just as much Going on to my last question, what is your advice to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander young people with a care experience who want to know themselves and their identity better? Mm, great question. Look, for me, I, as a kid, I grew up, I always thought I was a Ngunnawal kid. That was the, the country that I grew up on for part of my life in care. And I grew up there with an Aboriginal elder. And you know, as, as I was Growing up, I used to say to everyone, I was a Ngunnawal kid. But as I grew up and I eventually connected with my family, I, I realised that was completely not true. You know, I, I was, I'm actually a, a bachelor and Garwa man. And, you know, that's a privilege for me to say because I never knew that when I was in care. And it took a whole lot of courage to find that out. Why? Because I had to connect with my family. And I was told horrible things about my family. But I realised yeah. when I connected with them, it was all untrue. Most of my other family were community people. You know, they wanted to support um, our Aboriginal community and support our, our mob. Although I was told different from my caseworkers to my carers. And I only had to find out myself when um, all my family connected through Facebook. They reached out to me and they introduced themselves, massive long paragraphs, you know. And I gave them the chance, you know. I, 
I was brainwashed to think that they didn't love me. It was only when I connected with them, I realized, you know, the importance of my culture and, and the importance of family. Cause I didn't, you know, if you don't have family, how can you ever value it? You know, if you've never had that sense of family, how can you value family? And uh, I was told by other people, you know, the importance of it or when people would, you know, try to reach a, an amazing goal, they'd say, I'm doing it for my family, you know, but I, I was doing it because uh, um, for my small family, which is just me and my sister, you know, um, but in extended sense uh, or community sense and Aboriginal um, proudness, I didn't have that because I was taken from that identity. But as I grew up, I established more of my cultural identity. I, I, I went to, um, to country, I danced um, on country uh, in traditional songs and I met with my Aboriginal songmen, like my uncle Travis, who's a bachelor songman, my uncle Fred Leone, who's a, a bachelor songman, and they taught me uh, a lot of about our Aboriginal ways and laws that which we abide and follow by. And that gave me a higher sense of purpose when I found that out. You know, it gave me a bigger direction on where I needed to go and what I needed to do as an Aboriginal person um, because I felt Aboriginal when I was a kid. Um, but I didn't know what it meant to be Aboriginal. Yeah. You know, I was told to be, I was, I was told I was Aboriginal, but I didn't really know what it meant. So I didn't completely feel as if I was strong in my identity. But to those young, young Aboriginal kids who are in care, who are trying to find their identity, you know, um, just know that no one's family is perfect. You know, no one's family is perfect. Uh, whether you're Aboriginal, you're non-Indigenous, no one's family's perfect. Everyone's got their own um, difficulties going on in their life. But you know what? Don't be scared. You know, reach out to your family. You know, give them their chance. And you can always, you know, if, if they, you have a choice to have people in your life. Just because they're your family doesn't mean you have to have them in your life. You know? Yeah. There's some, there's some, there's some um, family members that I don't connect with because I see no value in it. You know, I don't, they're on their own journey. They're going through their own things. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. But then I've got a lot of family who I connect with and I, I stay in contact with regularly. Because I tell you, once you once you connect with your Aboriginal culture and your family, you will truly feel that void that you have in your heart. It will be filled up with love and and um, and respect and all that stuff that you may have gone through when you were in care. Um, you will be able to feel the healing journey because I... I had amazing, I was doing amazing things. I was getting jobs. I was, you know, making a decent amount of money. I, but I never fe really felt um, myself, my complete self, right? I didn't feel like I, I knew who I really was. And that's what, you know, being in care really highlights to you is that your experience in care is around self-discovery, trying to figure out who you are, why you're here. The best way I'd say would be to, um, to get your caseworker to help connect you up or you do as well, self, self discovery around, there's nothing shame about it. Not knowing who, who your mob is and that, don't be afraid. You know, I didn't know that's not at your fault. That's not my fault. That's not any of the other kids fault who are in care. It's um, the system's fault. Yep. There's thousands of kids who don't know who their mob is. Reach out to try and get your caseworker and yourself to try and connect to the elders in that community. You know, the elders are the most knowledgeable people in the community and they'll be able to connect you up with your family. And um, um, if it's not for us, go to another 
Aboriginal organisation, you know, connect up with them, introduce who you are and that you're just trying to help um, establish where your mob's from. But your family will be able to teach you your cultural knowledge. That's what I've realised. Um, just take the leap, you know, stay hopeful, stay strong. Whatever you're hungry for, whatever you're passionate about, do it because you choose your story. No one else will. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks so much. You um, <laughs> I had a wonderful session. You did really well. Thanks for listening today. If any of the material covered in this podcast has brought up issues for you, please talk with a mental health professional to work through this. You can also contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. If you are a worker, professional or carer, would like you to take a moment to reflect. What is one thing that stood out today that will impact your work this week? Thanks to all the young people who shared today. Your openness, honesty and courage continue to amaze all of us. For more information about CREATE, check out www.create.org.au. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can hear about future episodes. Send any feedback or ideas to create at create.org.au. Thanks again for listening to Voices in Action, a podcast by CREATE Foundation. Thank you.